Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let's talk to the perceived front-runner in the pursuit of the Conservative Party of Canada leadership. Pierre Polyev joins us. We just talked about that debate last Tuesday, but maybe we don't have to get into that. Mr. Polyev, how are you? Like, just, just give me 20 seconds about that debate. How did you feel about it? Well, terrible moderator, terrible format, uh, but I still managed to get my message out, which is that I want to give people back control of their lives by making Canada the freest country on earth. Yeah. You were just missing those little white balls. You got the paddles, but they didn't give you those little white plastic balls. That's what you should have had. Anyway, anyway. It was pretty ridiculous. I was waiting for him to ask me uh, what my favorite flavored ice cream was. Uh, the whole thing was so silly. But okay. anyway, onward we move. Absolutely. You're the subject of op-eds and attacks, certainly since Tuesday's leadership debate, because of your Bank of Canada comments and your statement you'd fire the Bank of Canada governor. Now, it's not the first time a Bank of Canada governor has been challenged. Jean Chrétien and Paul Martin's Liberals did that with John Crow, who they didn't fire when Chrétien became prime minister, but the Liberals didn't appoint Mr. Crow for a second term. So let's just set that to one side, and I'll ask you this. Based on the response there's been, do you think you miscalculated um, with your reaction to the Bank of Canada declaration, or do you think the Canadian voters will agree with you and discount attacks in the media? Well, I think uh, that the attacks in the media prove that I'm right. Uh, we have, uh, a, a, you know, it's funny. A waitress or a welder would get fired if they didn't do their job. And yet this big-shot banker is supposedly immune from that. Uh, he has one job keep inflation low at 2%. Instead, it's 6.7% because of act- actions that he agreed to implement on behalf of the government. He printed $400 billion in two years. One in every four, every $5 in our economy today was created since 2020. And more dollars chasing fewer goods has led to higher prices. Worse than that, he's inflated a... It's not just that but food prices are unaffordable. People can't afford to gas their cars. He's inflated a massive housing bubble, which threatens to burst once rates rise. Um, and he did this because Justin Trudeau wanted to be able to spend uh, uh, recklessly. Now, his job was to say, no, Mr. Prime Minister, I'm not going to print money for you to spend. My job is to keep inflation low, and I will not allow you to interfere with my independence. Instead, he agreed to do it. And now working single moms are having to skip meals because food is too expensive. Uh, a miner I met in northern Ontario can't drive to see his dying parents one last time because he can't afford gas for his car. And we have 32-year-olds living in their parents' basement. Somebody has to be held accountable for that. In the real world, when you do your job badly, when you harm other people, when you break your, your with your job description, you get fired. Well, we're going to bring the real world to Ottawa. Okay, so if you become the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, and we take all the things that you just pointed out, and they're still in front of you. They're still issues. Now we're paying over $2 a litre for gasoline. That's just impossible for so many people to be able to afford. Um, how, do you, how do you address this? How do you challenge this from the position of opposition leader, official opposition leader, when you know you're dealing with the alliance of Mr. Trudeau and Mr. Singh? Yeah, I mean, we have to stand up to it, and I'll be very clear in my agenda. I'm going to eliminate the carbon tax to make fuel more affordable. I'm going to um, uh, reverse the inflation by making government more affordable. 
Um, and that means uh, eliminating Trudeau's $100 billion slush fund, getting rid of his multi-billion dollar infrastructure bank, um, defunding the CBC to save a billion dollars, and bringing in a pay-as-you-go law that requires government find a dollar in savings for every new dollar of spending so that we can... It's tied for three years, essentially. Well, uh, good question. How do we how do we address the coalition? I think we need to mount pressure on backbench Liberal and NDP MPs in order to um, break them off from the coalition and force an, an election, because if we don't, uh, then we'll be stuck with them for three years and they're going to totally bankrupt the country. Uh, so if you have a Liberal or a New Democrat as your member of Parliament, you should call them and tell them to break from this coalition that they never promised that they would do. And in fact, they said they wouldn't do. And uh, and we, they should be representing you in Parliament, not, not this uh, Trudeau thing coalition. All right. I want to ask you to put some context to what I'm about to say. This was raised during Tuesday's debate, namely the Ottawa Truckers Convoy presence. Justin Trudeau, who left Ottawa for an undisclosed location, supposedly over security concerns, eventually reaching for the Emergencies Act. Mr. Singh, who tweeted conservative MPs' support for the truckers, was by extension support for white supremacy. Can you put context to that, please? And where and how do you fit into this equation? It was all part of the Tuesday debate. Yeah, well, I say the same thing I said before they... The truckers even arrived, which is I stand with all the peaceful, law-abiding truckers who were fighting for their livelihoods and liberties um, and by protesting on Parliament Hill. While I condemn any individuals. It's possible to simultaneously hold individuals responsible for their conduct while uh, at the same time acknowledging that almost everyone else uh, behaved very well and they were there for the reason that the Trudeau government had taken away their jobs. And look, here's the reality. Um, the truckers were the least likely people to spread a virus. They're alone all day in a truck. To force a mandate on them um, was not based in science, as, as, as the public health uh, um, officer admitted. Um, it was based in politics. Uh, there is no need to impose this mandate, and it cost thousands of hardworking truckers their livelihoods. No wonder they went to Ottawa to protest. And I, I, I will stand with the working class people who, frankly, have been demolished in this country over the last two years. And the political elite who, who attack the, uh, the truckers and other working class people, many of them didn't sacrifice anything through COVID. They were comfortable working on their keyboards and their mansions as their property values went up, while working class people got demolished. And it's time that someone actually spoke up for those people. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, small business community are crushed. Okay, cryptocurrency. Mr. Polyev, you're being accused by your fellow candidates for the Conservative Party leadership, particularly Patrick Brown, of saying one thing when there's online evidence of you espousing exactly the opposite. What do you say to Mr. Brown and the other candidates who accuse you of that? Well, there again, Patrick Brown is lying. My position is that people should have the freedom to use Bitcoin or related technologies um, if they so choose. I don't think that the government should subsidize it or require it, but it, nor should it be banned like it is in communist China. And people should be allowed to, to use it uh, as they uh, as they 
as long as they're following the law and paying the relevant taxes on their transactions, uh, let them do it. Um, Patrick Brown is one to speak about flip-flops. When he ran for PC leader in Ontario, he said he was against the carbon tax. Well, then he became leader and embraced the carbon tax. He said that he was a um, pro-life social conservative to get the leadership. And after that was over, he said social conservatives were um, intolerant dinosaurs. Um, and uh, he was found guilty of breaking the F the Integrity Act in Ontario for covering up a secret payment he received of over $300,000 to finance his $2 million waterfront home. Um, That is his record of lying to the public. And so you can't believe a word Patrick Brown says. Well, it'd be interesting to have both of you engaged in the debate on this program. Maybe we can arrange that going forward. Maybe, maybe not. Um, How would you accomplish this? Setting aside C-69 which is the actual uh, terminology is the Impact Assessment Act, uh, which the Alberta Court of Appeal this week declared to be unconstitutional, and then C-48, the West Coast tanker ban, as well as delivering on pipelines and the export of Canadian oil and natural gas to countries other than the United States. They need it now. You'd be the opposition leader, prime minister. What would you do as opposition leader? What would you do as prime minister? Well, I would repeal C-69 and C-48. Um, C-69 is the Anti-Energy Act. prevents us from building pipelines or expanding our energy sector. Meanwhile, it welcomes uh, 130,000 barrels of overseas oil every single day to Canada. Um, and uh, that means money leaving our country to polluting foreign dictatorships. So I will um, uh, bring in a, a new process to consult First Nations, protect the environment, but get projects uh, decided on quickly uh, within a year and a half. I'll also um, approve Newfoundland's plan to expand its oil production by 400,000 barrels a day to replace the overseas oil we bring in off the East Coast so that within five years of forming government, I can ban overseas oil from Canada altogether. We'll take my dollars from dictators and turn it into paychecks for our people. Okay, one last thing. In about three minutes, so I'm going to be speaking with the Premier of Saskatchewan, Scott Moe, who's actually on the line, can hear you right now. And uh, the Premier stands with the Alberta Court of Appeal. Saskatchewan had intervener status in that particular case, as you know. And tomorrow I'm going to be speaking with the Premier of Alberta, Jason Kenney, about this particular piece of legislation and the fact that Mr. Kenney is going to be addressing the United States Senate Energy Committee. What do you have to say to Premier, Premier Moe and Premier Kenney? Keep up the fight. Um, I'm very proud of the uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan governments for challenging this unconstitutional law in the court. Apparently, the judges agreed with them. Um, and uh, by the way, there I understand there are a number of First Nations interveners are also fighting against 269 because they see it as a, an attack on their um, rights uh, to develop resources on their own ancestral lands. Um, so it is a real coalition of First Nations people, working class Canadians, premiers who are fighting this law. We need to get it overturned in court so that we can produce Canadian energy and build Canadian pipelines with Canadian steel. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.